Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Good morning. If you're watching us on the live stream, great to have you with us today. And I uh, want to especially welcome you if you're here with us for the first time today. Uh, great to have you. And uh, we uh, trust it'll be, uh, that this is proving to be a helpful and encouraging time. Uh, my name's Scott. I'm one of the ministers. And I'm going to be uh, talking about the passage uh, that we uh, had read to us by Renee uh, a few moments ago. Why don't we uh, pray now before we look at the passage. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank and praise you for, uh, for Jesus and for all that he is for us. Father, we uh, pray that uh, now by your um, spirit that you would be quietening our hearts, um, focusing our minds and helping us to understand more of what Jesus has done for us on the cross and how we ought to be responding to him. We pray in his name. Amen. I wonder if you were to describe in uh, one word uh, the mood uh, of many people in our society this Easter, uh, what word would you use? I'm thinking that the word uncertainty uh, would have to be th somewhere there in the mix, don't you? Because there's a bit of that about at the moment. Uh, we feel uncertainty in the, in the security of the world uh, with the war in Ukraine just grinding on from one year into another and uh, we see, uh, feel uncertainty as uh, we see nations building up their military assets and military forces preparing for the future. And there's economic uncertainty around the world, isn't there? As, uh, the as, as, as the um, economists and uh, governments and reserve banks uh, seek to, uh, to, uh, to lower inflation by rising interest rates, we feel the uncertainty, uh, the, the cost of living pressures and how it affects so many people. I wonder what the issues of uncertainty are for you at this time. For many of us, it's those issues which uh, affect us right now in the day-to-day -day, or those issues which, we, which seem to be just around the corner. But on Good Friday, uh, we have the opportunity to take a, a step backwards, a, a step back from the uncertainties of life to reflect on something which actually gives us certainty, which gives us a, a higher certainty. And yet, you know, uh, if any of us, if you or I, if we had been there on that very first Good Friday, uh, what we would be feeling would be uncertainty. In fact, any certainty that we had in Jesus would be melting away as he hung on a cross. It was a time when the world was ruled by the Romans and for, for whom their preferred method of execution was to crucify people. For by crucifying anyone, anyone who had committed a criminal act or anyone who even defied them, what they communicated was certainty. Certainty that the Romans were in control. And certainty that if you were even thinking of defying them, that this would be your future, execution by crucifixion. 
Because crucifixion was a very slow, a very painful and a very public way of dying. Think about what it involved. The, the victim would be laid, uh, laid flat on his back uh, on the ground as uh, thick, uh, long nails were pounded, were driven uh, into his uh, ankles and into his wrists, uh, nailing the, the victim to a, a wooden cross which would then be lifted up vertically high above the ground and would be secured, fixed uh, into the ground where the victim would hang and with their body slumping downwards would, would need to push upwards on their, their bloodied uh, ankles and feet and legs, push upwards so that their, their lungs could function, so that they could breathe. Until eventually, hanging through the heat of the day and through the cold of the night, without food, without water, physical exhaustion uh, would, would, would overcome the, the will to survive, the instinct to live. And the victim would stop pushing upwards with their legs so that their lungs could breathe. The victim would stop breathing and would die. Very slow, very painful and very public. So that everyone would know with certainty that the Romans were in control. And you know, it's for this reason that crucifixions were were not unusual. Crucifixions were, were very, very common in the first century. The Romans uh, crucified countless thousands of people um, uh, and executed them by this method. Thousands of people, many thousands of people. And yet, 2,000 years later, we remember just one of them. And we even have a public holiday. So we don't have to go to work or school so we can remember that one execution. For in an uncertain world, the death of Jesus can give us certainty, the kind of certainty which we all need. Now, <clears throat> when we uh, read about the first Good Friday uh, in the passage that Renee read to us earlier, what stands out actually is not so much the brutal act of crucifixion, but rather what stands out is is the people, uh, the people who were there on that day, the relationships, the, uh, the conversations, the things which were said uh, at the cross, and some of which were, in fact, quite astonishing statements, especially from the lips of Jesus. Uh, let me show you. If you've got that uh, passage in your uh, sheets there, you might want to open up and follow. Um, check out what Jesus says in verses 26 to 31. I'm going to read that for you again. Uh, where it says, As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country. And they put a cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, included women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come... When you will say, blessed are the barren women, the wounds that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountain, fall on us and to the hills, 
cover us. You know, uh, when anyone suffers uh, for being punished, by being punished for doing something which they're innocent of, um, we feel emotions, don't we? Uh, we feel for them. And imagine these women who are friends of Jesus. There they were. They're watching Jesus as he is uh, being led to the, to the place where he would be executed and they were absolutely powerless. They were unable to do anything to help him. They were overwhelmed with sadness. And yet Jesus does not want them to weep for him. Instead, we're told that Jesus said that they should be weeping for themselves, that we should be weeping for ourselves, not just because we live in a world where there is injustice, but rather in a quotation which comes from the Old Testament, uh, Jesus is in fact saying that there will come a day when God will judge. There'll be a day when God will judge the world. Now, that's... (laughs) That's an uncomfortable topic to talk about, don't you think? Especially if we think that Easter is all about chocolate eggs and hot cross buns and so on. But one of the, why do we feel uncomfortable about that? I think one of the reasons we feel uncomfortable about it, about judgment, is because, well, it might apply to us. Because in our hearts, we, we all know that we, uh, we tend to ignore God, um, that we do prefer to uh, live our lives our way without inviting too much involvement from God in our lives. And we'd like to think that God would be quite happy for us, he's quite happy about being treated that way, that he's an all-love and a no-justice kind of God. But it's actually not the case. Uh, or we're uncomfortable about God's judgment because God, sometimes God is presented as being uh, an all-justice and a no-love kind of God. Yet although this first surprising statement about Jesus is about God's judgment, the next surprising statement tells us about God's love. Uh, Have a look in verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. You you know, I think if you or I were to write an account of uh, what happened to Jesus on that day, that we might be, uh, we'd probably say a bit more about the nails and the the blood and the agony. But here, the author, uh, who is Luke, did you notice all that he says about the crucifixion? All he says about the physical act does is, there they crucified him. And that's it. Because that wasn't the remarkable thing. The, the truly remarkable thing is what Jesus said to those who were crucifying. What did he say? He prayed to God the Father and he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Imagine if you were one of those people who was actually involved in crucifying Jesus and you heard him pray to God, Father, forgive. How would you feel? How would that make you feel? Maybe you might feel not so certain about what you were doing. And then with Jesus' final astonishing statement, we start to wonder who's, who's really in control. 
Uh, there were some very strange things that happened uh, at that time. We're told that the, the sun turned black uh, in the middle of the afternoon. It was like it was, uh, it was evening time. The sun turned black. The sun, sun stopped shining. We're also told that a, a massive, thick uh, curtain which was in the temple was torn miraculously from top to bottom. And then in verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. See that? Rather than struggling for every breath of life, Jesus controlled the moment of his own death. But Jesus was not the only uh, person who said astonishing things at the crucifixion. There were others who said astonishing things as well. Uh, one of them was a man who was hanging on a cross right next to Jesus. You see, there were uh, two other men who were crucified on that day, um, criminals um, who had been rightly convicted of crime. And, and have a look at what it tells us about them in verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our, disease deser our deeds deserve. But this man has done, what does it say? Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. How astonishing that even one of the criminals alongside him could see that Jesus was innocent. And it wasn't just the criminals who could see that. The crucifixion was uh, supervised by a Roman centurion. A Roman centurion was, was a soldier who had authority uh, uh, to command a uh, uh, hundred men. A man who had, been who had been hardened by the experience of warfare. A man who had been hardened by many crucifixions. And yet what he witnessed that day eroded certainty that the crucifixion of Jesus was a just thing to happen. Verse 47. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. Now what certainty did this Roman centurion have? <laughs> he might have started that day with the certainty that he was doing the right thing, but he became certain about two things. On the one hand... He became certain that he had just executed an innocent man. But on the other hand, he was now certain that he has been in the presence of someone who is very special. So special that we're told that he actually praises God. He praises God for Jesus. I mean, that's strange, isn't it? It's, he's just—he's now persuaded. He, he's certain that he's, he's executed an innocent man. He's, he's certain that he, this man was someone very special. And then he praises God. 
It's very strange. It's, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. And it's a paradox which affects us, actually. It, it, it affects you and it affects, it affects me. You see, it's the same for us. For why do we call the day that Jesus died not Black Friday, but Good Friday? Why do we do that? I mean, how could it possibly be good? How could it be possibly good that we too would praise God for the execution of an innocent man? How can that be? Well, remember the astonishing statements of Jesus. Weep not for me, weep for yourself, he said, because there will be a day of judgment for all people, for sin. And when we think about that, it's tempting for us to think about our own sin and where we stand with God. And we're tempted to think that um, maybe I'm okay with God. Uh, Maybe I'm okay because... I've done more right things in my life than I have done wrong things in my life and so that should be enough. But is God's standard the same as yours? Or might we have, might we expect God to have a perfect standard? And does God judge us just on the basis of our actions? What about our words? Or our thoughts? Think about this. If there was a video that had been made of your thought life over the last 24 hours, how comfortable would you be for us to show it now on the big screen? I'd be very uncomfortable. I would be ashamed of that. Friends, uh, God knows everything about us. And to be honest, none of us actually gives God uh, the place that he rightfully deserves in our lives, which means that we all deserve God's judgment. But remember the other astonishing statement of Jesus when he said, Father, forgive them. How can God do that? (laughs) You know, uh, Jesus was not uh, just a well-meaning but a helpless victim of circumstances. No, He intentionally went to the cross. He intentionally gave up his life. For by giving up his life, he paid the penalty for our sin. For on the cross, both the justice of God and the love of God intersect and are fulfilled in Jesus. That he was punished for our sin so that we can be forgiven by God. You and I live with a lot of uncertainty in life, not just because of wars and inflation and spiralling interest rates, but because the longer that we live, the more we realise how uncertain life is and that we cannot control our future. We don't know what our future holds. Yet on the very biggest issue of life, the very biggest issue of our future, that the the issue of, of judgment or forgiveness, there is a certainty 
which we can have. Because on the cross, there was one more astonishing statement made by Jesus. Uh, remember the two criminals that were crucified uh, alongside him. One of them mocked Jesus. And here was a man who, like so many people today, uh, went through the entirety of his life, even right through to his death, and was not just uncertain, but didn't even seem to care about what came next. Rejecting the very one who could give him life, eternal life. And yet the other criminal, turning to Jesus, begged him, Remember me, he said, when you come into your kingdom. And the astonishing response from Jesus, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. How about that? Not because he was good, but because he was forgiven. Which means it's not a maybe, it is a will be. You will be with me in paradise. That is a promise. That is a promise of certainty to that man from the Son of God. And you know what? That's a promise that, uh, that has not elapsed. It's a promise which has not expired. It is a promise which is still current. After 2,000 years, it's a promise which is still on offer to you and to me. The promise of God's forgiveness. Which means that uh, through all of the uncertainties of life, there are some things which we can be certain of. We can be certain that God loves us. We can be certain that God cares for us. And in the face of death itself, we can be certain of life with God beyond the grave forever. If only we turn to Jesus and put our trust in what he has done on the cross. What about you? Life is full of uncertainties, isn't it? But on this, the most important issue of life, there is no need for any uncertainty if you put your trust in Jesus. Is that something, I wonder, if you've done that? Have you put your trust in Jesus? If not, why not do so? Why not do so even today so that this might be not just for you a good Friday but a great Friday, the very best of Fridays that you can know with certainty that you will be with Jesus in paradise if you put your trust in him. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus that on the cross that your justice and your love uh, meet in his death for our sakes. Father, we just want to thank you that in such a terrible event that we can praise you for what it has done for us. 
And we pray for each one of us, Lord God, that we would reflect on Christ's sacrifice and that we would be those who put our trust not in ourselves, not in our own goodness, but rather in him for, the, for, for our forgiveness, that we might have that certainty of your love that extends through all of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.